Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, welcome back to the third and final part of this week's episode, where I'm stomping with Dr. Julie Smith at Hengsbury Head Beach in Bournemouth. In part two, we spoke about purpose and what makes a meaningful life, the importance of coping mechanisms, and Dr. Julie's method of unpacking trauma. Make sure you take a listen to the first two parts before starting this one. Julie, we're on the home straight. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you back uh, for your dentist appointment very soon. Another important part of uh, your health. I really want to. We, we talked in part two, kind of a lot of the areas of your book where you focus on kind of meaning, purpose. You know, recognizing things within yourself. I've got to ask you: Is it hard to practice sometimes what you preach? Because I mean, you, you, your your husband's uh, got a full time job. You've got children. You yeah. are a psychologist, you really do practice psychology, and you're creating all this content. It must be, must be a struggle sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something I've always tried to be really clear about online, that you know, people say, oh, you must have it all sorted, it must have this problem-free life. And it's, it's really not that way. It's, okay, you're geared up with this arsenal of tools that can help you to get through difficult times, but it doesn't stop life from throwing things at you. And especially, the, I guess, the way that everything's happened for me in the last couple of years is it was sort of all or nothing. I had this really lovely balanced life where I was, you know, being a mom and running a very small, you know, one man band private practice um, to having all sorts, you know, being pulled in all sorts of directions. Mm. So you know, it has been really tricky and, and at times has meant uh, me sort of not getting enough sleep because I don't want to impact on the children because, you know, the, the sort of the demand for lots of content creation and things like that. I didn't want that to, to impact negatively on a family life. So I would sort of put the children to bed and then decide to stay up late filming and things like that. And, and it's not sustainable. It's not, um, I guess we always saw it as a short term project. Yeah. So yeah. you acted as if, you and know. it grows and grows into something, something bigger. Yeah. I I think it's really I, I really like the fact you're so honest about it and you do share this side of it on the stories because it's important isn't it that we show the good and the bad and the ugly in lives because yeah. no one's life is this glowing perfect life I think we're all clear on that and even if you've got all the knowledge in the world you can still sometimes fall short I mean look at doctors yeah. doctors yeah. doctors get sick too psychiatrists have mental illnesses it's not always just having the knowledge and, and things you've got to accept that life is what it is there are hard times yeah. and then learning how to go oh gosh self-awareness and working too hard yeah we've got to pick ourselves up and, and, and I and it was interesting again I was watching one of your videos about burnout at the time when I was really burning out because <laughs> I was doing exactly that I was working too hard I'm you know the problem is that we all have we get passionate about something and we work so hard towards something you forget along the way sometimes to make sure that amongst everything you're looking after yourself so it kind of be really interesting to hear you know with everything going on what outside of stomping which is key <laughs> what is your kind of toolkit to life how do you kind of get through life and make sure you're, you know you're intact and happy at the other side of it um i think being out in nature is a big part of it actually so this is ideal for me yeah. because um you, that's probably the one thing I, I don't sort of you know spend hours in the gym or anything but i do 
I do go, uh, we live in a small town and we're sort of on the edge of a little sort of foresty area. So I'll take the dog out or I'll go for a little jog or something. And, and that time really replenishes me. Or actually, if we pop down to the beach or something on a Sunday afternoon, I have to be there for half an hour before I yeah. feel this huge yeah. transformation in how I feel if I've been stressed or overwhelmed. And, and sometimes I'll feel that urge to, I, I need to go and be by the ocean because I know it will just shift everything. Um, so that's a, probably a big part of um, what helps me sort of replenish because it is stressful and, and there are times when, you know, you get overwhelmed with, with different things and trying to balance yeah. being a parent with career and those sorts of things. So those things do help, but also me recognising that it's not about working yourself to the bone and then taking your two-week holiday at the end of the year. It's yeah. about how can I find little moments in my day to replenish yeah. and to, you know, and, and I've started to, when I've got a moment sort of in between, I like calls or, you know, whatever I'm doing, rather than checking my phone and, and re-triggering that stress response with emails or whatever it is, I will, I'll put that away and I'll go and just close my eyes just for yeah. five, 10 minutes. And, and if I fall asleep, that's an indication, okay, we need to yeah, you know, get some rest here. Um, and if I don't, then I've just, just replenished slightly and you just feel a little bit recharged and then you're ready to go again. And I, I love this idea of stress being a sort of lean in, lean out situation. And if yeah. you don't lean out, you're not your best when you lean back yeah. in. You kind of, you, you, every time that you're leaning back, you're going, you're going into a stress situation, you're wearing yourself down. It's that kind of idea, I guess. So like you can be the best marathon runner in the world yeah. and you can run 10 marathons a row that's amazing but there's going to be a marathon there's going to be a day where you can't keep going anymore because you're running day after day after day without without rest and i think just like people talk about the gym it's like yeah go into the gym well actually when you're lifting weights to grow muscle the gym is actually breaking it down it's the rest that grows the muscle yes and in a way that's a similar life but it feels like society these days is so built around glorifying overworking glorifying toxic productivity pushing to the limit you know is society really yeah. Are we in the right place in society to allow people to actually practice the things that we talk about here? Yeah, and I, I think we're shifting back in, in probably the right direction where people are starting to recognise we need to take the successes of what we yeah. know about physical health and start applying them to mental health. Yeah. And um, like you say, the growth happens and the progress happens in rest. Yeah. And you know, athletes have worked that one out and they put it to practice really well by, you know, and, and they sh it shows in their achievements. But if we can do that with our mental health and show that actually, if you take time out for yourself every day to replenish from stressful situations, you will benefit from that. You know, your mental health will thank you for it. And you will feel the benefits every day of being more productive, if that's what you want to be, or, you know, being more alert and um, happier, whatever that is. It affects all of those things. Do you, so you say that you stop sometimes just to sit. Is there a way, like, do you kind of recognise, okay, I'm feeling a bit tired, I need a break in the day now, or do you, are you quite regimented with it? Do you kind of say, right, like, it's midday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit and listen to music, or I'm going to have a break. Is it kind of that listening, or is it kind of being strict on yourself? Um, do you know what? I, I'm a bit more sort of ad hoc, I guess. Yeah. I'm a bit more off the cuff, and I, I don't have huge number of working out, so I will take the children to school, I will work... Uh, while they're at school so I feel like I have this finite time yeah. because I know that come three o'clock I'm stopping yeah. because I then put That's mum the hat on That's and I <laughs> and my then, gosh you know, how, how do you do it well I, I'm not sure some days to be fair. Um, the, by the way people that's not the train again that's actually <laughs> some dodgy brakes we're gonna get run over <laughs> no. it's uh, a it's it's an interesting thought around society because we are seeing and I find it fascinating we're seeing this push now towards like 
call it a four day working week. Mm. But really we're talking about like flexi hours, aren't we, in a sense. And okay, you can't do that as an A&E doctor, clearly, you know, we, we need people here in emergency settings and so on. But it does feel where possible that actually people seem to perform better when you allow them the kind of freedom and space to kind of manage their, their own lives. You know, this kind of rigid idea of the nine to five, it seems to be dissipating a bit. Some of us are night owls, some of us get in the morning, are productive then, productivity comes and goes. Do you think it's a good thing that we're kind of moving in that hybrid space? Yeah, because I think, I mean, from my experience of working in nine to five, there would be, you know, periods of time during the day where you pretty much have sort of brain fog, don't you? And you're yeah. sort of switching off because yeah. you've, you've maxed out your ability to concentrate for more than you know 90 minutes or something like that and if you if we I think if we worked with our bodies and recognized that after a certain period of time my concentration wanes therefore I could step outside for 10 minutes yeah. walk around and come back feeling better and and being more productive yeah. then Trying it would work for everybody yourself. yeah I mean I look at, I remember at university I had friends who would sit in the library staring at the book for yeah. hours and, and I just remember thinking like that but you're not, you're not actually benefiting, you're not learning at this time, you're getting annoyed because you're not learning, and you're not actually improving your well-being or replenishing, you're just trying to push when you're empty. And I think learning and reading your own body is important. I mean, you talk about 90 minutes, I mean, for some people, they can work 90 minutes in a row. For me, I know I work 15, 20 minutes. That's how my brain works. It's just, you know, it's why I ended up working in A&E. I can't sit there doing operations for three hours because yeah. I'm a kind of run-round kind of person. Yeah. And so it's also understanding not just humans like what how does your brain work yeah and listen to that isn't it and the same as learning i didn't learn from lectures very well didn't at all i loved listening to things watching little videos short bits of it and i'd learn stuff very quickly i was lucky in that way but i couldn't sit through a lecture i wouldn't listen to any of it yeah and so it's kind of that society may be waking up to the idea that people are different and different people will be affected in different ways yeah yeah Absolutely. And, and in some ways, you know, having experienced the sort of, you know, the video platforms and social media, you realise that if you make something engaging um, or people have to actively participate in something, you hold on to it more. You know, you you retain that information more because you've had to um, actively participate in that or you've you, there's something engaging about it that has, you know, I often use props and things like that when I'm trying to explain a concept from therapy because it just helps you to hold on to the message through sort of being able to recall it. I'd like to talk a little bit about being a parent, being a mum, because, you know, you, as we've kind of talked about, you've, you've got many hats in which you have to kind of switch between at different points, three o'clock mum hat goes on. <laughs> How important is it that, you know, I think mums like yourself are out there showing that you can have a really successful career? and be a mum. Like, how important is that? Because I think that there is a shift away from this idea that men, you know, men go out to work and mums have the kids and stuff. How, how important is it that we're seeing more role models going, do you know what, you can be a badass at both, you know? Yeah, do, do you know what? I, um, I've, it's sort of been a bit of a journey for me in terms of um, realising, you know, when I was working in the NHS and things, realising that while I wanted balance so that I could be the parent I wanted to be, I, I couldn't have that balance and also progress in my career at the rate that I wanted to. There was a sacrifice and there is a sacrifice. And I think sometimes women are sold a lie that you can have it all. Yeah. What that really means is you're going to be doing it all. Yeah. And then you burn out and then you realise there's more to life and you pull back. And, and so actually I, I sort of got to this place by pulling back. You know, I ended up 
I was trying to do NHS work and, and private work. I realised I couldn't do all that with a couple of children. I had two at the time. And, and so pulled back so that I could sort of do private practice within school hours yeah. and things like that so I could be present as a parent. Yeah. And from there started to sort of share videos and then all of this grew. And as this grew, I, I went through a bit of a journey with that as well because there were times when I thought, I don't think I want to do it because it's mm. pulling me away from the okay. children. Yeah. And then we've managed to find a, a sort of place where it's more sustainable and I can still be, you know, be able to pick the children up from school and be present as a parent. As long as I'm able to have that family life the way I want it, then um, I will do as much as I can career-wise around that. Because you've moulded things, haven't you? So you, you, you do a lot of your practice and maybe the morning and the daytimes, you spend your three o'clock onwards with your family, but then you do your filming with Matt in, in the evening, don't yeah. you? Because that, that allows that kind of packaging and I think if you know I'd say to people as well like look at if you can look at your life and think about the ways you can fit things in don't sacrifice things you care about for the things that you know your work basically yeah and it is hard because you are very passionate you care about what you do it's so obvious about that but yeah it cannot come in front of your family or your health can it no I think you have to work out what your values are and, and I get that I mean I'm in a hugely privileged position um, to be able to make choices about yeah, that and there are sure. lots of people who can't Absolutely. and so you know it's it's not easy for any any parent and mums in particular I think there are lots of pressures to and it's okay to not have the big high-flying career, no, but absolutely. to focus on your children and, and, and bring them out. That's a huge contribution to make to the world. If you mm. bring up some well-rounded individuals and put wow. them into society, then, you know, and, and absolutely. I, and I also love to add on to that is it's okay as a dad as well. Like, I yeah. know I've got friends growing up and some of the uh, mothers were, were the high-flying career people. Uh, yeah. And the dad said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to focus on the family. And that's okay as well, because I think for yeah. men, there's sometimes a really... Uh, toxic kind of yes. trait around this that you know men must be going, well gosh you sit at home while your wife works and all this kind of like really kind of deep-rooted yeah. toxic stuff in society but it's still kind of it feels like we still it's still there a little bit I mean if you look at how like paternity and maternity leave and all these kind of things it does still very geared up and you expect men just to kind of get back to work but it might not work you know it might be a situation where the mum might value the career more than the husband and so yeah don't have shame around that you know own it I think whatever makes you feel happy and fulfilled is best for your family is the way to go isn't it yeah and I think probably the worst part about all of that 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 holds both men and women back is this idea that that parenting is um is sitting at home and it's easy and stuff and yeah. without a doubt they are <laughs> my most exhausting days are the days I'm with I the children you know imagine. they're most sorry <laughs> so you know it's I think I think that will shift over time I think yeah. maybe we're moving in the right direction but um, and you know more dads are sort of taking on those roles and things and and then we recognize as a society that how valuable it is and how crucial it is for you know bringing children up to have present parents and things so yeah it's not easy and it's i think we're also becoming more aware of society as well that it's bringing up children isn't just about the academic side particularly on schools you are focused on that well-being side and i think parents are talking more to the kids about well-being they're thinking about the environment the kids are growing up probably more as hopefully our schools as well and that's probably created a bit of a shift as well because people got stopping going actually do I want to be in work, you know, to ridiculous hours and not seeing the kids at all? Is it good that I don't get to spend time? And again, we're yeah. talking about a very privileged situation if you are able to make those choices. But yeah. if you are able to, it's very difficult when you reflect and you think, oh, gosh, did I get that bit balanced? You know, yeah. did I get that bit and I think it's important I to make those decisions based on your own values yes. again. You know, when, when all of this was happening and I was presented with so many amazing opportunities and I said no to a lot of them because of my role as a parent and and I at times had to keep reminding myself it was okay to do that when other people might have said what are you you know why wouldn't you and but actually 
um, it's okay at any point in your life if you have a set of values that works for you it's okay not to do what society tells you should be the best thing to do you know now before I talk to you about a uh, fact because I'm doing a fact every week um, that I'm kind of pulling and relating to a guest we've got a lovely dog that was saying hello to us a big dog actually has been I think for a <laughs> little swim. friend <laughs> I'm going to share a little fact with you um, so before we share our fun fact of the week I'd like to ask you when you compare Julie a few years ago before the pandemic yeah. and afterwards with everything that's happening now and all the things going on are you happier are you more happy are you less happy are you the same oh i would say i would say i'm happier because i'm learning all the time i'm not happier because the book was so successful or because i've got x number of followers or any of that i'm happier because i've learned from those experiences yeah. about what matters most to me um I love and that. and that i'm and i'm hugely grateful for this yeah. privileged position where i get to do something that feels uh, important so do something that has positive impact in the world while also you know being the parent that I want to be it couldn't be any better than that really I love that and it is that point it's a very cliched and people are going to cringe probably but it is about that kind of journey it's not the destination I think that yeah. also applies to it's not about having how many followers you have or how much money you have in the bank as long as you can meet your daily needs and your family and your friends people around you are happy and healthy and you're able to kind of do a bit of what you enjoy that's actually what matters isn't it that is yeah. the bit that genuinely gives you that kind of Meaning. Do you guess. know what? I'm, I'm reading um, a, a Tim Ferriss book at the moment, um, Tribe, no, of, Men podcast, Tribe of Mentors. Tribe of Mentors, yeah. And yeah. there's someone in there that said about how, imagine that you're, you're older, so you're sort of in your 80s or something. How much money would you be willing to pay to relive Ugh. the moment that you're living now? And, yeah. and I love that. I wow. held on to that so much because not only does it help you to steer towards gratitude for the moment, you know, what is it that you appreciate about this moment? Oh, we're able to walk yeah. freely without pain and those the kind of things. sun in our faces. And, oh, it's beautiful, yeah. And we're learning and meeting new people and all those things. But also that any moment there is something to be grateful for. You know, that, yeah, that if I'm living a moment and I don't feel that there's anything to be grateful for, what, what do I need to change here? Change what do I that. need to shift? Because um, how incredible if I could create moment after moment that when I'm 80, I would give all of my money to relive. Yeah, you to know, that, that's, that I love that and idea. And I guess that comes the sacrifice from career and having that balance because no matter how much money you put in the bank, you, it won't be the money in the bank that you hold on to or you think about, you know, when you're at the end of your life. And as, as, as heavy as that sounds, you know, I, I had a, it actually shaped quite a bit of my life, I think. There was when I was working as a junior or more junior doctor on the wards, I saw a, a gentleman who was, who was passing. He was at the end of his life and he was a professor, a very, very clever man. And he said to me, Alex, he said, you're a bright young boy and I want to tell you something because I'm at the end of my, end of my life now. And um, he said, that you know ultimately at this stage of life you know where I am now and knowing that I'm going to pass uh, the things I regret aren't the things that I did or the the, the 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 things I regret aren't about oh gosh I wish I'd got a bigger house or a bigger mortgage or more cars or whatever it's the things I didn't do things I didn't enjoy the no I said to the holiday or the no I said to doing that random thing with a friend and it's not about living a life that's kind of throw away and being crazy all the time but I think it's really powerful in the sense that be grateful for things that are important. Don't sacrifice your career or money, you know, for, you know, enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, we have to live as if there's a future, don't we? And invest in that future and, and do things for, you know, the rainy day and for the potential of things that might happen in the future. But also recognise that now is all we've really got yeah. that's guaranteed. It's like in Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. You ask the tree what time it is, they'll say you're daft, it's now. Yeah, <laughs> love it.
Okay, Julie, ready for the health fact of the week? Okay. So I think this links very well back to the what we were talking about earlier about you know looking after yourself to enjoy life and living a longer and more fulfilled life. So a study uh, by the University of California found that women who walked uh, around two and a half miles per week had less memory loss than those who walk less than half a mile a week. So basically that walking not only was good for your heart and your body and your kind of mood and things, but actually really helped in terms of cognition. Because ultimately, you know, being able to be present in the moment to be able to function is, is really important as we get older. It's not just our bodies, our minds, isn't it? Does yeah. that surprise you? Well, it, well, I guess it, it does and it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's a, I've been sort of looking into the research yeah. on sort of longevity and, and those sorts of things. And, and it really tallies up with a lot of the literature that's out there. So I think there's this building momentum in terms of the research that's behind this stuff, you know, which is incredible and brilliant. And, and it's enough for me. I mean, I'll be, I'll be making sure I walk everywhere. We're here, we're here. And, and it's, been, it's been glorious. And there's so many people out now and just enjoying the walk today. And we're back at where we started. It's been fantastic. We can see the noddy train parked up nicely. It's, <laughs> it's been a great walk, Jim. I really enjoy your company. And you're someone that's so giving as well, generally so warm. And, you know, you're always up for kind of getting involved and sharing your knowledge and stuff. And that's amazing because there's so many people that maybe out there in the past that wouldn't be so open in the way that you are. So thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the stomp and uh, I'm sure our, you know the listeners are desperate to get outside and have a walk in Hengsbury Head very soon. And I have to say again, not because you're here and uh, I have to shout your book, but I'm serious, people <laughs> need to read it. Go and read your book because it, it is fantastic. And make sure we link it in the socials and stuff as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, Dr. Julian. Well done for completing your stomp. Whether it's in one part, whether it's in three parts or six parts, it doesn't matter. Well done, you got to the end of it. If you enjoyed this, please do drop us a little review. It helps us spread the word about the Stompcast. Make sure you follow uh, the Stompcast on Instagram and Stompcast on TikTok too. And of course, the fantastic Dr. Julie Smith. See you next week, guys. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.